Welcome back to the Get a Q podcast. My name is Brandon Hall. I'm pleased to be joined today by Dr. Henry Turner. He is the principal of Newton North High School, recently named the Dive Awards Principal of the Year. You can find him on Twitter at Henry, I'm sorry, at Turner HJ on Twitter and at Turner underscore HJ on Instagram. Uh, Dr. Turner, welcome to the Get a Q podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. So your work, uh, to get into it, your work has focused mainly as a principal on um, you know, anti-racism and equity um, and looking at race and, and technology. Um, and I do want to start with the presentation that you're going to be giving at the MassQ conference in February um, entitled, Why Do We Need to Talk About Race in Tech? So why do we need to talk about race in tech? So I think that um, a lot of us have gone into this work around uh, tech and ed tech, particularly uh, with the idea of um, improving the lives of our students. Um, and uh, for a lot of years, we've used this uh, idea that if we can level the, the playing field, uh, we're, we're going to improve, improve lives. And, um, and I think we get, we geek out on technology. I think sometimes we, we lose track of, um, the outcomes when we mm -hmm. when we kind of get excited for the tools, and this is very similar to the history. I'm a his, former history teacher, yep. so this is very similar to the history of how technology has just played out. Is that um, we see the technology being a good in itself, as opposed to looking at the systemic problems we have. And I think that, um, and for someone who has been focused on uh, uh, addressing racism in um, education my entire career is that um, I think that we're making a mistake when we're not acknowledging that the racism that exists in our schools and um, how technology um, can hurt it if we ignore it. And I've also heard when I, um, you know, when I've given presentations, uh, people ahead of time on this topic, um, people say, you know, why, why do we have to talk about race now? Why can't we just talk about technology? And it just reinforces this notion that um, we as people who are interested in technology are not seeing the importance of our role in um, looking at um, looking at the, the faces of our students. And so um, I think that there are some clear ways that we can, um, as ed tech people, can um, take some steps to make sure that we are um, demonstrating anti-racism and helping to tear down the systemic racism in our schools so that we can make our schools better as opposed to um, hurting it. Yeah, so, so big, big broad topic right and with tons of uh tons of issues surrounding it what's the first step in, in 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 attacking this problem so the first step is is being aware of the problem right and so uh what i've heard from when i've given presentations on um on anti-racist anti-racist leadership uh i i give the series i get a series of examples and steps that we can take and leaders have said well what is um, you know, this just seems like good leadership. What's the difference? And the difference is, is that you need to address the, acknowledge that racism exists. Mm -hmm. And we need to, you need to be aware that racism exists and recognize that each of us has a role in addressing racism. And I think for a lot of people, uh, particularly white uh, people, is that they, they feel really stuck. They may have a strong opinion that they, they think racism is bad, but they get stuck because they um, see racism as um, racist actions as um, that means that you're a bad person if you get labeled bad, as opposed to racism being a system 
um, of ideas and, and, and racist policies. So the first step is to acknowledge that we all have a role in um, racism and acknowledging that racism exists in, um, in our work. So, so once that happens, is that something that you see happening at an individual school level or a global level or a town-wide level? Where do you, how do you see that play out? All of it. It's got to be on the individual level. Um, and it's all, it's also, it has to be led by our, our leaders. So <clears throat> for example, we have a um, group of teachers who, who were inspired by the, um, you know, after the murders um, that, um, that happened this spring, particularly George Floyd. Mm-hmm. And they said, we want to do a, we want a group that's going to, that's going to solve, you know, fight racism in our school. And um, so they've been meeting since the spring and coming up with all these solutions and all of these ideas, right, that they want to improve in kids' lives. And the thing that they didn't do, they haven't done, that's been the hardest part, is to acknowledge that they actually may be contributors to this. Mm-hmm. And because they're more, they're, it's very easy to see, like, here are the problems that we see, but not realize that they individually have a problem, are a part of the problem. And, you know, I would say as, a, you know, one of the books that, I think one of the great books written recently, How to Be an Anti-Racist by Ibram Kendi, is really about his unpacking of his own contributions to racism. And so um, it really has to be at the individual level. And it also has to be um, something that districts are leading to push people to give teachers time to really unpack it. But it really has to be, start with this commitment that I'm going to internally look at myself um, and see what my responsibility is. Um, Le- uh, Lainey Rowell and I are working on an article right now on um, that it starts with commitment. And it really just, it, it really starts with like reflecting on your environment. Who are the people you're interacting with? Um, when you're talking about race, how are you internally feeling? Like it starts with some of these initial steps mm-hmm. to just be aware, but you've got to first recognize that um, you, you're a part of the problem and then you can start really diving into your own work. Yeah. So I, yeah. So the, as a, as an individual, it's recognizing and identifying, and then you take a look at your curriculum, I would imagine, and, and think about where, and where in the curriculum does it exist? Uh, am I jumping too far ahead here? Well, or? you're doing great. So yeah. as, so as an educator, I think there's a lot of different spokes that, um, that, uh, racism plays. So there's sort of our own internal, um, personal personal work and commitment to racism outside of school, just in general, fighting racism. And then there's our work with our curriculum. You know, how are we going beyond just representation? So it's a teacher who is talking about, um, uh, who's a, say I'm an English teacher. You know, I may include um, their eyes are watching God in my curriculum, but that doesn't necessarily make me an anti-racist teacher um, because I have one book. I've got a real, I've got to pull out the lens that I want to have representation in a diversity of protagonists mm-hmm. and that we're fundamentally talking about race in my class. Right. And so I'm looking at all of my curriculum. If I'm talking about um, policies and practices, how am I looking at my grading practices? Who are the students who are, um, who are underperforming in my, in my school? And whose fault is that? At our school right now, we, we have identified that Black and Latinx students are getting, um, are achieving, uh, far less A's and B's than our white and Asian Asian students. And a mindset that many of us have is that our students earn the grades, we don't give it, but yet we are the ones that create the participation grade and what's the percentage of that and homework grades. We have a lot of ownership. 
So that's a pol- that's another example of policies and practices. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's really starting to look at all of our different categories. Um, others would be discipline. Others w- um, would be how do we interact with families? I think in a um, high-powered school um, like Newton North, a lot of us as educators sort of create these barriers because parents are so invasive. And yet the structures we create that push parents away push our most um, vulnerable parents away as well. So how are we engaging with, with parents would be another one. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so so what steps do, does an individual take to then become more anti-racist as, a, as an educator or as an, as an individual? Yeah. So it's it's going through this cycle. The first cycle is, um, is, is acceptance and learning. And then it is um, about taking action. And then it's about reflecting on those, on those actions and then assessing it um, and continually coming, continuously coming back to it. As someone who has been an educator that um, you know, went into education to address systemic racism as a person of color who grew up in a majority white community, this was something that was my initial passion. Now in year 20 of myself as an educator, I'm still constantly going through this cycle of assessing my own work, learning more, reflecting on it, um, and uh, and assessing how do I how do I how do I get better? Um, it is certainly the same model that we use in technology that we acknowledge that we push about taking risks and then assessing our risks, um, feeling feeling comfortable failing. Like those, that's the same cycle, but yet we've got to we've got to focus that it's about race. It's not just about um, technology. It's not just about our teaching. It's about how are we, um, how am I incorporating race into this conversation of this work? Yeah. So how do you go back and reflect then on that and assess where you, where you started and where you are now and where you'd like to be? Um, yeah. like how, so yourself and, and then how would you say that to like, say a staff member or someone who's going through, um, going through this process? So uh, I'll give you an example of we, um, we, we identified this summer going into this, um, knowing this year was going to be a crazy year that we needed to look at grading. And so we looked at um, the data point on um, our, um, uh, of our disparities for black and Latinx students that we were seeing and, and worried that if we didn't do something, we were going to, um, we were gonna, we were gonna see an increase of students, particularly students of color um, getting lower lower grades in our school. And, and so we presented this data to our teachers. So that's the learning, right? Here's the data that less than 50% of our, on a typical year, less than 50% of our A's and B's um, are um, our students, of, are African-American students, whereas 96% of Asian students, 90% of white students are achieving A's and B's. Um, so that's the learning. So then the action are we're, we're, we are um, moving towards standard, more standards-based grading. So we changed our grades from, we got rid of pluses and minuses, A, B, P, and G. We then said to teachers, so that's the action. That's the, that's the thing that we're trying out, right, for this year. And the pandemic is a great year to, to try something out. Next is... Um, we looked at research, so that's the, that's also part of the learning. Uh, uh, performance, 
progress and process as sort of a structure for teachers individually to assess students. How do you, what are the students would want them to learn? How are they progressing over the quarter? And what, what are some of the skills that they are developing over the course of time? How are we assessing them on that? We then gave teachers time to brainstorm ideas and also reflect on some of those ideas. And so they've been trying them out this quarter. The assessment is the quarterly grades and then feedback from students on how, um, how it went. And so our teachers are currently doing that now. So we saw that we had about, um, with this process, uh, a little over 90% of our students getting A's and B's. The biggest, the group that improved the most were black students in terms of achieving, achieving A's and B's this quarter. And so it's getting feedback from students. It's a set, it's a, it's um, learning from it and then taking further steps. And so that's where it kind of goes back to the cycle we're building on the cycle. So if I'm, if I'm an individual teacher, I'm taking, like I'm, I'm saying this from my principal's perspective, sure. if I'm an individual teacher, I'm, I'm, I'm again, trying out um, a, whether it's, it's a teaching strategy or it's a grading practice and constantly getting the feedback and reflection to see if it's working. Um, and again, using race as the, the primary mindset to understand whether it's working or not. Mm -hmm. um, and, and while we're sort of on the topic here of grades, I, I you know, we talked in our pre-interview about um, some of the things that you're doing with your uh, with your transcripts and that you've got um, a social justice and a civic action seal on your transcripts. I'd love to hear about that with the especially with Massachusetts new standard um, adding the civic uh, participation as part of a graduation requirement. Sure. So um, we, uh, we we saw the we've been doing some work over the last couple of years uh, looking at um, how we're great, how we're assessing our students and how we're demonstrating their learning. And so um, our transcript was one of the primary areas in our school council where we've been looking at this. And as we were doing some uh, deep dives with our students, you know, student story really hit us hard, which was the student um, said, I'm a senior, I just applied to colleges, and I spend 10 hours a week work building sets for our theater department. And there was only one little box on the Common App where I could talk about this experience where I learned all of this, all these skills, developed all these skills, yeah. made all these real world skills. And there's only one little box that I was able to do that. And so we said, we started talking about what are ways in which we can um, help students to demonstrate the skills that they're learning where our classes are helping, but they're learning outside of the classroom as well. Mm -hmm. And so over the last couple of years, we've been kind of brainstorming this idea. There is this organization mastery.org that's um, uh, kind of looking at reinventing the high school transcript. We've looked at some of the work they're doing. And we saw that again, similar to the grading idea, we saw the pandemic as an opportunity for us to innovate. And so we, we rushed this a little bit faster than we thought and said, let's, if um, some of our students have some time on their hands uh, this year, let's give them an opportunity to do, um, you know, whether it's civic action or whether it's social justice, um, knowing that um, that's where a lot of our students are putting a lot of their energy over the last past year. So um, yeah, we fast forwarded these two seals. One is the seal of civic action, which honors students who are um, doing community service or give it or, or whether they're helping with a campaign um, or taking on a um, 
a policy issue, whether in school or outside of school that they really care about. Um, and the second one is social justice. This is whether they're uh, leading uh, a rally, like we've had a, we had a bunch of um, uh, Black Lives Matter pro uh, protests in this in the spring, um, or they've they're doing something internally in school, or something they learned from a class where they're, they've they've been able to process beyond just the the work. And so ultimately, um, the idea of these two seals is that if students do a little bit of reflection of how they learned, what they learned from it, what are the skills that they learned from it created a rubric and in the same manner as the seal of bioliteracy, which a lot of schools are, are doing, um, we are um, offering students a seal of civic action or social justice that honors the work um, that they've done over their, over their four, over their four years. Yeah, that, that's really amazing. I, I love this idea of being able to have that as part of the transcript and um, you know, my wife is a college counselor, and we, we spend a lot of time talking about that stuff at home, and I try and bring some of that information in for my own students here. And uh, you know, we took our kids to a Black Lives Matter protest in Easton in, in the you know, late spring, early summer that was completely organized by Olive Rames High School seniors. Uh, and it's just remarkable. I think about you know, all of the kids that I've worked with in 19 years in education um, to think about you know, we've had students that would do something like that. Uh, and it's not that they're looking for credit for it, but that it should be recognized. It should be acknowledged that, you know, they put together this unbelievable program for change in the town. And it's not like, you know, they had a bake sale. <laughs> they, yeah, think, I mean, think, and think about all the skills these kids are learning, right? Yeah. So a couple of years ago, we had students lead uh, the um, anti-gun walkout, right? Yep. We had, 1,500 kids on Tiger Drive, which is our main thoroughfare. That takes a lot of organization, communication with different um, parties. Um, how do you um, how do you put on a good a good performance? Like, I mean, it is how do you get the message right? I mean, those are so many skills that students are developing, and we're not honoring um, we're not honoring that learning uh, right now in our current our model. What they see on the transcript is. Colleges see the grades and they see this quantitative metric that, again, is all created by um, these false algorithms that were that were that we're creating and instead of sort of honoring the learning that students are doing. I think that's where the transcript needs to move to one where um, it's really a demonstration of what are kids learning in, in high schools, because we are doing amazing things. Right, in our school. right, right, right. And this is and again, going back to anti-racism, this honors our students of color who are doing amazing things in our schools. Right. And it, and it gives them more offering of what uh, uh, to, to honor what they're what they're doing. Yeah, that extra avenue to be able to show what you show what you know uh, is just incredible. Um, so, in looking at the 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 K to twelve Dive Award um, for Principal of the Year that, that just recently came out for, as an honor for you and your school, um, there were three things that they mentioned in the article. Um, the first was anti racism, with which I think we've we've covered a bit here. Um, the second was equity amid COVID-19 and, and and the difficulties of that. What sort of actions have, have Newton North taken and, and you as a principal and your staff and faculty and your students taken sort of to create equity in this time of uncertainty? Sure. So um, I think it start, started with what we did on day one, um, which was March 13th, is um, we took care of our kids. We needed to make sure where are our kids um, who are the kids that have um, that we can connect with 
who are the kids we can't, and how do we make sure we're connecting with them? How are, how is our staff? And, and I think throughout this uh, this now nine months, you know, we've been using the the mindset of put on your your face mask first, your oxygen mask first, um, and you know we need to make sure that our kids are doing okay. So that started, and then we looked, knowing that we were moving into crisis distance learning, and then uh, the next phase, which was distance learning that a lot of schools went to. I think we, you know, a couple steps that we took that was that was smart was um, making sure that we weren't moving too fast until all of our kids were able to be connected, making sure we were taking our time, so we made sure that our um, our teaching online was um, in line with our values, which is that we're engaging kids, that's about relationships, um, and that we want kids we want kids thinking. And um, we faced a lot of pressure from families that we were moving too slowly, kids were losing um, a, lot of, a lot of time. And what we saw was by being deliberate, taking our time, we eventually saw um, kids engaging more and more and more, particularly our students of color, our low-income students, our ELL students, um, that by the and then rethinking about what are some of the policies that we want to take on and change that are in line with our values, but are kind of old stalwarts that we were, couldn't change in normal times. So we changed final exams at the end of the year, first of, of last year. And we went to more um, synthesis projects. And we had like 98% of kids participate in the synthesis projects. Um, and I think it was because we were deliberate, we took our time, we focused on what we were student-centered, um, and we made sure that it was focused on relationships. And then over the summer, we um, we started making policy decisions that we thought were in the best interest of all students. And you know, the grading was one piece of it, but we also said that you can't get lower. If you don't turn something in, um, there are no zeros. 50% is the lowest you can get for not turning something in, knowing that a zero has such a significant um, impact on a, on a student when they don't turn something in, knowing we're in a crisis. Um, again, this is something I think we're going we're gonna to be good at when we get out of this pandemic, but it's something we could address immediately. Um, and we spent the first month of this year focusing on relationships. Um, our PD, we took, you know, of the 10 days that we had for PD in the beginning of the year, um, eight of them were on technology, anti-racism, and fostering relationships with kids. Mm -hmm. So two of them are about the interpersonal connections. And um, whether it was an AP class, whatever, whatever it was, we said the first month had to be focused on relationships. And we gave teachers time to come up with their two-week plan, um, how to use an UDL structure um, around relationship building. And you know, now that we're past the first quarter, what we found with that is that the, um, you know, it's challenging and because we have these relationships, we still have a high degree of students who are engaged. And I think that our grading structure also gave students the motivation to, um, uh, to realize that you know, they're, they're not gonna suffer because they are living in a, in a crisis. And so I think that we got some buy-in from our kids because of that. Mm. Um, and then the, the third piece here in the article, um, that I found really interesting was uh, it said acknowledge outrage with compassion. How do you, as a principal, balance that, uh, right? Like understand the outrage, understand, you know, whether it's about COVID-19 or 
um, you know, the, the current situation in the United States based on race or politics or, or what have you. Um, how do you kind of keep the building, acknowledge that outrage, use compassion, keep the building sort of um, on track and not let, you know, the train get off the track, so to speak? Um, how, how do you how do you do that? Yeah, well, that that idea came from um, we've had we've been um, victims of, uh, of racist incidents uh, the last couple of years, particularly in in February last year. We had a we had a couple of incidents where students were posting racist comments on um, social media. They were uh, singing songs, making uh, racist uh, using racist words uh, in the songs and put and posting on uh, on social media, and um, students were really upset by it. And what we um, learned through that process was that you know we did a lot of the right things. We investigated it, we um, addressed it with students, and teachers uh, engaged with their classes to talk about them, and it really made it a community event. But what we learned was that our students didn't think we were upset by them. They thought that um, that meaning the adults, so that the teachers who just you know knew that this racist incident had happened in our school and they go right to calculus to our students that said well this teacher doesn't really care and when our deans are investigating it and they're asking um, questions to the to the victim or talking to the victim and they're not showing them that they're upset when they may really be mm. but they're just trying to be professional right. we're saying to the student is ah, this is just another typical situation and so what it signaled to us, and we, we talked to our uh, Black Leadership Advisory Council, which is our group of, of students, African-American students, and they said, we don't think you care. We, you're doing the right things, but we don't think you care. And it just you know, sent, it resonated with us that you know, we are angry that this is happening in our school, and our kids need to know that we are angry. We need to tell them we are angry. And so the idea of... Um, of demonstrating um, your anger with with compassion is that we we do need to let folks know when we are upset by things happening to our community, um, and show our emotions. Yeah. And yet, we also need to know that we're working with teenagers, and that they're going to make mistakes. And so we need to, you know, it's like when I screwed up a lot when I grew up, mm-hmm. and you know, my parents were angry at me a lot growing up. And yet they still loved me and I knew they loved me, right? And so I, I think we, we need to show our students that yes, we care about you, but we're angry when you do these things, but we're gonna help you and we're not gonna let you let go of you about it. And I think that like as a principal, the hard part is that this takes a lot of time, Yeah. right? How do you have a restorative circle with students? How do you have conversations with, uh, with families when they're only your point about COVID. They're only worried about their own family and their kid going to college, and they're not worried about the kids who don't have technology. Like we need to have these individual conversations with them because that is the work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I think that um, it certainly is hard from a um, you know because we have a lot of other things to do. But this really foundationally is the work, and I think that when people know that this is our value, um, they. Um, it's clear and they, and other things can fall by the wayside. Yeah. Um, 
just just kind of wrapping things up what uh where can people find you online and some of the work that you're doing online what kind of outside of right outside of all of this which is unbelievably huge and and impactful what other things are you working on or i I know you talked a little earlier about um you're working on an article with someone yeah so uh i mean people can find me um got a website henryjturner.com um they can find me on twitter turner hj and um on instagram uh turner underscore hj i've got a couple things working um i'm working on um an article, as I said, with uh, Lainey Rao around, um, she is an educator in um, in California. And we're talking about how do, how do we commit to anti-racism? And um, her as a white person, he's a person of color, we're kind of like working through that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, also um, doing a lot of work within my school district, but um, helping other school districts kind of get this work moving and going. and. Um, and also kind of thinking about what is it, um, you know, for some longer term projects, what does it mean to be an organization that is anti-racist? Mm-hmm. Um, and how do we kind of do it on a systemic level um, where you have a lot of pe- a lot of different players and people? Yeah, great stuff. Um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, really appreciate having you here. Best of luck for the rest of the school year. Stay healthy and happy holidays. Uh, Dr. Henry Turner, Newton North High School. Uh, congratulations again on Principal of the Year from uh, K-12 Dive Awards. Uh, and we hope to see you at the uh, virtual conference, too. You'll see me there. Thanks, Brandon. Appreciate All right. it. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. Be sure to rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and anywhere podcasts can be found. This is the Get a Q Podcast from MassQ, here to educate, connect, and inspire.